0: Thanks for joining us today for our weekly Seaglow sermon. This week we are joined by Dr. Russ Moyer, founder and CEO of Eagle Worldwide Ministries. Let's take a listen to see what God laid on his heart for this week. How wonderful it is to be with you. It is awesome to be here with your Monday night group and to be at the beautiful gathering place. Again, I was here for the celebration time and dedication. I celebrate you and the tremendous, wonderful, natural and supernatural achievement that you've had here. You know, it's God, it's all God, but you know what? It's God touches man. And when you put your hand to the plow, God will bless that. You know He uses men and He, uh, men and women, and He works through them, ministers through them, just like Reinhardt Heart always said. And I, I thank uh, John and uh, John Janice, the whole team, all the people that were here, everybody that was involved, everybody. So to seed, you're all part of the team, and God used that you know, to bring forth a great blessing and, and to do a beautiful, it's a beautiful place. Let's give them all a great big hand and, you know, <laughs> Pastor John, Pastor Victoria, so wonderful, so wonderful to be here with you tonight. We do have a few things that we want to do. I know there's a couple of people that are uh, going to be credentialed tonight. We want to lay hands on them and, uh, and, and do something very special about the laying on of hands and about being commissioned and set in place. Uh, There's something that happens, something special happens when you step into proper alignment and spiritual authority. There's protection that comes, there's strength that comes, there's anointing that flows just like it says in Psalm 133. And every good prophetic thing that God puts upon the mantle will work its way down through the entire group. So when you come into right alignment, something spectacular happens. When you're in wrong alignment, that's a whole different thing. Because then we walk in places where we're out there by ourselves. And I want you to know, he ain't about Lone Rangers at all. Anytime you hear somebody out there and they're a Lone Ranger... They are outside of the perfect will of God because he wants us to be in proper spiritual alignment. He wants us to be in the place that he sent us to, doing what we were called to do and under proper alignment. Alignment is one of the keys to spiritual authority and and to know the power and authority and be able to operate in it that God has for you. So yeah, I'll tell you, one of the things that's happening across the body of Christ today is that people who have been running around a long time, and one of the key things, Jesus is my covering. As soon as I hear somebody say, Jesus is my covering, all the yellow lights start flashing. Because God understands the spiritual covering that he aligns in our lives. And I've been in alignment and relationship with people for 20, 30 years now. 25 years this year, I've been in full-time ministry, and then, of course, I was in, before that, uh, you know, I was in marketplace ministry, so one of the folks that we're going to be ministering, uh, that we're going to be credentialing tonight is stepping into marketplace, and uh, Pastor Maeve and I both uh, spent a great deal of time in marketplace ministry and had a great fruitful time when we were in the business arena. So we understand that, and we not only credential them and set them in place, but we pray for them and encourage them, because we believe that uh, the, the priesthood of the believer, and not just in the, um, not just in the local church that meets in the assembly on Sunday, but the extended church that goes out into the community beyond the four walls of the building, and that God calls people into different arenas in different places. So. We're we just bringing people in that, that want to walk together in the spirit of unity into our network. And uh, it's a beautiful time in the spirit, a wonderful time in the spirit. And I actually got a message for you, glory to God. And, and, and I got a message from the ministry, an announcement to make, so many wonderful things. I'm so excited, first of all, to be here again in Canada, in my beloved Canada, of which, by the way, I am a citizen of Canada, (laughs) glory to God. An American by birth and a Canadian by choice, a dual citizen. I love Canada, I love the Canadian people. It's a wonderful place, and I spent more than 20 years of my life here. Uh, This year, actually, um, in fact, in September of 22, Marks actually 25 years that I've been in full-time ministry. Uh, I went into <laughs> ministry and, and uh, I sold my businesses and moved to Pensacola, Florida. I was traveling with Pastor Benny and Joan Giesen and, and then, of course, with the whole group uh, involvement there and at the revival. And so it's been 25 years that I've been in ministry full-time and uh, exciting to see what God's doing. I'm actually more hungry and more on fire now than I ever was. And I feel better physically, spiritually, and emotionally than I have probably in 10 or 15 years. I'm gonna tell you what, God is doing something absolutely spectacular. And everywhere I go, people are getting blessed, the Holy Spirit showing up, fresh anointing coming on their life. God's doing something brand new for those that are pressing in to God in the new. You know, in the midst of all the anarchy and chaos that's going on in the world, his hand of favor is upon the remnant, is upon the end time church, the end time handmaidens and warriors. While many things are happening all across the nation in North America the nations of the world, I was talking to a brother that I visited probably four times in France and Belgium. And, uh, and he's telling me what was going on in Europe. I haven't been to Europe now in maybe 10 years, but I'm still in contact with those folks that I traveled to. I've been to about 25 nations, and I love the nations of the world. But he was telling me what's going on in Europe right now and in the European church and it's really a sad case scenario. Some of you may remember uh, as uh, like 2019, uh, 20, again in 2021, I prophesied about fancy pants and what was going to happen in Europe and in the UK. And since I started prophesying that, there have been huge changes that have occurred in Great Britain, in the UK, Changes in all kinds of things. Uh, You can't say they're better off. There's just a lot of things. But he, you know, was going to take it apart and put it back together. And he's in the midst of that now. And I believe we're going to see a lot more of the fancy pants stuff getting taken care of across Europe and in the UK. I think we're going to move into a season prophetically where things that have been hidden for decades are going to be revealed. That uh, the oppression that has come to people and people groups and things that have been going on under the hood, he has only just begun the revealing that is coming there is a huge revealing that 's going to take place he 's peeling back all the all, all the veils and he 's going to re- expose it and fancy pants he's going to deal with. <laughs> glory to God you know so uh, you know there's a lot of wonderful things that are happening all over the earth and uh, by the way i wasn 't talking about don't don't get me wrong. I I admired the Queen, and over the years, the great success. I didn't. I certainly would never say anything against the Queen. I, she was a, a wonderful example of her faith to so many people, and uh, such a difficult thing. And you know, for her family, and for her nation, and for everybody involved. I mean, there's a woman who actually you know did some um, absolutely amazing things. You know so but it's just a time that everything is going to be revealed that was hidden and uh, things are going to be dealt with we're not done by the way i told you i know that in the end we're going to have a phenomenal victory that it's the best is yet to come but between here and there there's some bumps in the road it's going to get worse before it gets better it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better But then it's going to get better than we could ever imagine. It's going to, every single thing he said is going to come to pass. And he is going to do what he said. He's going to do it the way he said it. And at the perfect timing that he has for it. So I believe the best is yet to come. But there's still a lot of things that we're going to see happen. And there's a lot more shaking still to be done. And you know what, his hand is on the church with great favor on the remnant. But that doesn't mean that he's not done shaking. There's a shaking still going on, baby. So heads up, and, and, and you put your face on the ground and stay humble before the Lord because God's up to a mighty work. He's doing a great thing in our generation. It's an awesome time. Before I get started tonight, uh, I would like to, to have the folks come up that are, that are going to be credentialed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you know, when we do a credentialing and set people in place, as, uh, whether they're in the marketplace or, or, or in the conventional uh, fellowships of a church or whether they're in outreach ministry, uh, according to the word of God, uh, we want to know them and know about them and find out about them and, and walk with them and work with them. So um, when we do that, and we set them in place, and in that service, something happens. We believe in the power of God and the laying on of hands, and, and it's a doctrine that we understand something is going to happen when they make a step into covenant relationship tonight. If you have a covenant relationship with God and a covenant relationship that's important in your life, it's a good time to renew it. Is right now as we begin this process. Before we begin, let's just lift our hearts to the Lord. Wonderful Jesus. And Jesus, you are wonderful. You are a good God. You are a faithful God. You are a giving God. You are a forgiving God. There's none like you. Cover us this night with your precious blood, your life-saving blood, Lord, your wonder-working blood. Anoint our ears tonight that we would hear your word, that we would hear your voice. Holy Spirit, anoint our eyes tonight that we would behold your glory and touch our hearts tonight, that we would long for you, that we would hunger and thirst after you, your kingdom, your righteousness. Let not one of us leave this place tonight untouched, unchanged, not by the words of man, but by the word and the power and the love of your spirit. You know what we're doing here tonight. Let your will be done and let your kingdom come in our lives in Jesus' glorious name. Hallelujah. It's good to see so many of you too. It's great to see so many of you that are here, that are, that we've walked with for, 15, 18, 20 years. It's beautiful. It's always good to be in a service with, uh, w- with you, and to be at the gathering place, which was, of course, our, our first baby. Glory to God, and you're very, very special to us, the firstborn, as they are. Uh, But certainly to have and to be in a service with Ellen Campbell, what an honor and a privilege. Let's give her a great big hand Uh, that we happen to be here with her. What a wonderful woman of God and a blessing. She's been to Eagle Worldwide. Carol Colonna, glory to God, give her a great big hand. Are you kidding me? That's the Holy Ghost Mortgage Broker. Yeah? Glory to God, she's gotten us so many wonderful things over the years, a blessing she's been to the ministry, to people in the ministry. I mean, just a wonderful blessing and a marketplace minister who knows how to get things done. Glory to God. Let's give her a great big hand. And Helena and the organization and all that. Is that wonderful? You know, with the agency and everything. What a... And the worship, let's give the worship team a hand. Hallelujah. Mo and Donna, missionaries, yay, man, down in the Dominican. Give them a hand. My, my heart for the nation, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the nations are knocking right now. Heads up, they ain't rocking and rolling yet, but they are knocking on the door. Something's going to happen before this is all over. We're going to see worldwide revival. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you, God's doing so many wonderful things right now. Incredible things in the Spirit. He's releasing things. Revelation. Right from the throne. Like never before. To those that have ears to hear. And eyes to see. What the Spirit's saying to the church. He's raising up a generation. a new breed of leader, calling them to the forefront. It's an amazing season of transition and transformation. An incredible season of change. But a great time to be alive in the Lord. Great time to be back here in my beloved Canada. I'm going to be here now for the rest of the week, but I am going to be, I've been back, I guess this is maybe my sixth or seventh time I've been back during the pandemic. So I've been free to be able to go back and forth pretty much whenever I needed to. And a couple of times restrictions were a little bit difficult and it was tough for me to get away or get here or get in and get out or whatever. The first time for Pastor Maeve now in almost two years, she's been able to see her grandbabies and that. She sends her greetings to you tonight, and uh, I hear she was here and <laughs> shared her heart with you the other night. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, I'll be at Jehovah Jireh with Pastor Carol McLean and her team and family there. Wonderful place. We've been in covenant since 2000. walk with them now, so it's 20. 22 years. Actually, this coming month, I was on their board for 10 or 12 years. Now, be on the weekend, I'm going to be in Niagara Falls with the Pentecostal Living Water group. Uh, many of them are Chinese background and wonderful brothers and sisters. I've been in their midst a number of times. I have a great heart for the Lord and uh, I'm coming back a little more. I'll be here again November the 4th. I'm going to be out west. God's doing something in the prairies. I'm going to be at Full Gospel Businessmen in Saskatchewan and Alberta. I'm going to be in Moostral, Saskatchewan at Twin Lakes Ranch. I'm also going to be at uh, Prairie Harvest Church in Yorkton and then the end of November I'm going to be doing a, a regional meeting for the Independent Assemblies of God here in Ontario. And I'll be back around here again Christmas time. So I'm going to be back and forth pretty regularly now that things have changed maybe a little more often. I'm looking forward to what God's doing. You know, this is a tremendous season in the spirit. Just about, oh, I don't know, maybe a week ago now, just recently, we all celebrated Rosh Hashanah. And you that know me know that I also celebrate and honor the feast of the Lord. And the, the, the Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. It's like the new year. And he begins to work on me all through the summer and summer camp and all the prophetic words that I've gotten from June through September. And then he gives me a word on Rosh Hashanah. And then he takes that word and he begins to churn it deep into my spirit until I release it on the first of the year as well. But new things happen between then and now. Wonderful things happen. I believe that this year, this year is 5783 on the Hebrew calendar. These are the opening days of Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year and the days of all, the beginning of the four holy feasts that come in the fall season. It's a very spiritual time and moment, and I believe that it's a year of restitution. Recompense, restoration, and reward. Restitution is about getting back everything that was taken and stolen. And I believe we're going to be rewarded for things that we've done and were passed over in times gone by that are still owed to us. Many have sown seed, that that seed yet has not come to fruitation. I want to tell you that this is a year that the reward is in his hand and the reward is on its way. And restitution for the things that are stolen if you'll pursue the Lord. It's a year of great recovery. It's in the middle of a larger season in the heart of God that's the season of the restoration of all things that is spoken up in Acts Chapter 3, we are being positioned right now to receive seasons of refreshing in the presence of the Lord, in the midst of the restoration of all things. And we are called to prepare the way for what every prophet prophesied about and what we've awaited from the very beginning, that was the heart of the Father, and that's the second coming of Christ. We are the generation called to prepare the way. It's a very important moment in the spirit. I have an announcement to make on behalf of the ministry. I want to thank the board of directors and so many others that have stood with me over the years. But a wonderful thing has just happened. We've stepped into a brand new place. So I'm proud to announce that we have just purchased the hub building at 390 King William Street in Hamilton, Ontario. In the opening days of the new year, we purchased that building. Not only did we purchase it, but we own it free and clear. I'm here to to confess to you the faithfulness of our God to fulfill all things that he promises. They're all yay and amen. Eagle Worldwide Ministries not only owns the property But we are mortgage-free, and we are (laughs) debt-free. Glory to God! His name is Faithful and True. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the twists and the turns. He understands the journey. Even when we walk through those moments of uncertainty, those seasons of change, when we have to let go of things that are in our comfort zone. Those things that we have made at times even an idol to our heart, and move on in the new season of God. He knows where we're going and he knows where we're headed. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. Not only that, he has positioned us For this great and new harvest season, financially and spiritually as a ministry, we are stepping into the greatest moment in the history of this ministry. If you have ears to hear and eyes to see. If you're willing to grab a hold of that and you're under the spiritual covering, it belongs to you as well. Whatever happens to us happens to you. If you're in unity, if you're in covenant, just like we got done talking about, can you step in there? Can you step into full place and proper alignment? And if you can, the blessings are yours, and they're commanded of God. We're also in a position where we were able to support and sow to the great work that you've done here, yeah. 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 Amen. along with other affiliated churches and ministries. And his word tells us that he's going to give us more than enough so that we can give in to every good work in the kingdom. Yeah. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Just so you know, that's where we are at Eagle Worldwide Ministries. It's been a long and challenging journey with many different challenges to overcome and steps that needed to take place. Things that were happening that were very difficult at times to explain and to talk about because we were in the midst of trying to negotiate different arrangements and contracts and agreements. It was a very difficult time, and I'll share a little more about the journey but I want to celebrate the moment and thank God for his incredible faithfulness, for leading us and guiding us through dreams and visions, our board and their support. And we have a couple of our board members in the house tonight and with Alan Campbell and, of course, Pastor John Irving. It's just so wonderful that he gave us dreams and visions, prophetic revelation and confirmation. He's an awesome God who performs His Word and fulfills all of His promises. Not only do I want to thank the board, but I also want to thank our partners and friends, Eagle Worldwide Ministries' leaders, pastors, staff, all the donors who have sowed their seed, all of those that have interceded and prayed for us over the years and through the difficult challenges of this last season. But it's been 22 years of continual challenge as you try to serve the Lord. And I want to honor all of those that sowed in prayer, sowed their time, their energy, their effort. Those who were faithful and strong and met us in a place of vision that put in the effort and the time and the energy and the resources into the vision of God in different seasons and even in different facets of the vision, whether it was in the camp or the king's way, or the churches or, or whatever we were working on at that moment, whether it was the traveling team that's been to probably 150 churches across North America and ministries, been to some 20-some nations, planted missionaries and planted churches in other lands. I want to thank everyone that sowed their seed, everyone that prayed, everybody that supported us. But I especially want to thank my wonderful wife, Pastor Maeve. She is a true woman of God, a woman of faith, and a woman of the word. You know, there was a season not long ago that we were close to a million and a half dollars in debt. You know, all the properties, all the properties in the ministry and the, the vehicles and things like that, uh, none of them are in Pastor Maeve or my name. They all, so have my personal house, my mortgage book, that for us in a miracle situation. Glory to God. Um, but all of the other things are in the name of Ego Worldwide Ministries. They're not in our name. Right? So, however, as she can tell you, we had to co-sign every one of those agreements. We had to personally guarantee them. I was making choices and decisions worth tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars and even some million dollar choices and agreements that i signed many of them i didn't have the money for i want you to tell you that pastor maeve always came to the table she put skin in the game she signed a paper that says if eagle worldwide didn't pay that they would come after our house and our property yet she had no opportunity to gain because the property or vehicle was in the name of the ministry, not in her name. It wasn't part of her family's inheritance. This was, we just co-signed and guaranteed to She's a woman of faith that walked out in revelation, walked out into the unseen. And I honor all the pastors that are in the ministry. I honor Pastor John, Pastor Victoria, I honor Pastor Harpreet, Pastor Susie. Every pastor that we've had in the past, and all the people that have pastored in the church, because I know how difficult it is to pastor. You pastor, and the pastor works really hard. Pastors each, it's probably the toughest job in the kingdom. They pastor generations. If I pastor leaders, most of them are probably within 20, 30 years. I maybe have some young leaders. But when you pastor a church, you got the teenagers and the young adults, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and each one of them have a different perspective, different problem, different need. Hello? And you are married to that. Well, when you call her Pastor Maeve, she's the one that pastors the pastors. Pastors. She pastors Miguel and Patty and all of them. She walks with him and prays with him. She talks to him. She cries with him. She's pastor me. She's a real pastor. And I honor her. And the gift that she's been in my life. And the gift that she's been to Eagle Worldwide Ministries. She is a real pastor. There's a lot of people got pastor over the door. They ain't more pastor than a man in the moon. But that woman is a pastor. And when you say pastor before her name, it's because it's true. And God's anointed her as a pastor. To walk through different things. And pastor, pastors, a leader of leaders. She's an apostolic pastor. Who doesn't live by fear, but by faith. And I've seen her faith when she puts her skin in the game and her name on the line. She's somebody you can count on if you have her in the bunker. I've been in the bunker with her and I've been in a bunker with a lot of people. Of course, like all of us, some you can trust and some you can't. She's a woman that you can trust in the bunker. She's a woman of the word and a woman of faith. And I honor her and the walk that we've had together and the contribution that she has made with her life. She's on the phone day and night pastoring and ministering to people all the time, not just in our local church. We spend as much time ministering here in Canada to the Canadian Eagle Worldwide Ministries than we spend pastoring our local church. Hello? And how do you guys know it. You've been on the phone with her me and her, but she's a woman of God. I'm just so honored to be able to walk with her. Let's give her a great big hand. <laughs> she ain't here, so I could say that. Glory to God! Don't go squealing on me now and tell her how nice I talked about her and all that. Otherwise, the next thing you know, you know, they'll be thinking, Oh, I guess that little Ruby Joy softened that old goat. who knows maybe she did you know I got if you thought that was my message that ain't my that's just the message I'm bringing to celebrate with you tonight and this was a message of covenant that we had as we brought these people into our network I'm just getting warmed up (laughs) glory to God I got a 15 point message and I'm gonna pound every one of them home till about two o'clock in the morning Hey, you know what really funny thing happened? Okay, if we just have a good time now, we relax, right? Go eat you guys. And smile. Don't be afraid to smile. Don't be on no sourpuss. We should be the happiest people in the whole world. Amen? The happiest people in the world. We got a win-win-win situation. Even death was overcome on our behalf by the power of Jesus Christ. By the power of the cross. We're overcomers. We're victorious. We need to be the happiest people in the world. We're going through some tough times, every one of us. We, we're in the same boat, maybe a little different part of the storm, but we're all going through something. But it's good to be alive in Jesus Christ in a time like this. A wonderful moment of time. And my message tonight, and the message that's on my heart in this season and I believe it's on the heart of God, is to awaken to the moment, to the now moment. A word and a message and a moment to the post-pandemic church, the end-time church, the remnant church, That's us. They all describe us. The priesthood of believers, that when we've said yes to Jesus Christ, we now become kings and priests under Christ Jesus. A ministry is birthed in our hearts. We were born with a natural DNA, but then we're giving a spiritual DNA when we are born again. Glory to God. We must be torchbearers. Torchbearers of freedom and fire. Torchbearers of holiness and hope. We're called to be torchbearers in this generation, in this season, in this moment. Torchbearers of freedom and fire. Torchbearers of holiness and hope. Torchbearers of his light, his power, his presence, and his glory. To press into him till our heart becomes ablaze, and he lights our torch to take it to the highways and the byways, to the wounded and the broken and the lost. We are the forerunners, the risk-takers, the trailblazers, the pioneers of this generation. the apostolic and prophetic restoration team that God has brought together around the world to press in. We need to get free, but it's not just about getting free. We need to stay free. We need to live free. And then to fulfill the call of God on the day of the Ascension, we need to set the captive free, the captive free. So we need to get free, stay free, live free, and set the captive free. You got to make the whole loop. You don't get a run until you score and touch every base. Because we are called as the priesthood of believers to minister to those in need, those that are broken, those that are wounded. As disciples of Jesus Christ, you and I have and are called to a Messiah mandate. You say, what? We are called to a Messiah mandate. How could that be? We are Christians in his name, little Christ, little anointed ones. We are called to fulfill the ministry of Jesus Christ in our generation, in our nation, in our family. Now, there's no time to joke around. No time to walk around halfway in, halfway out. Now's the time to press in and be real or get out. Because God's up to something big right now. If you don't jump in now, when are you going to jump in? The handwriting's on the wall, and anybody, you don't got to be a prophet to know. We're seeing end-time prophecy fulfilled before our eyes. There's a war and a battle going on. The battle's raging for your children, for your home, for your family, for your marriage, for your life, for your liberty and freedom. Freedom. It's a time of war. And he's raising up warriors and handmaidens who are willing to say yes to Jesus Christ and do yes for Jesus Christ. Do the very best that they can do. That's what excellence is. And we have a spirit of excellence in us. That's the best that you can be. That's all. This Messiah mandate was spoken first in Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I say to you, the spirit of the living God is upon you. He has anointed you, John Jeffs. He has anointed you. And this is why he anointed you to do the earthly ministry of Christ in our generation. To be the hands and the feet and the heart and the tongue of God in our society and in our homes. This is serious business. This ain't about going to the Little League games we or the spaghetti dinner. This is about hearts and lives and souls. And when I say lives and souls, that's somebody's cousin, somebody's brother, somebody's neighbor, somebody's co-worker. Sometimes it's really easy to say souls, and it's so general. But we need to witness and testify to the goodness of God and what he's done in our life. One of the great uh, atrocities that I see as I travel around the world, that many people who call themselves disciples of Christ And they have never stepped in to the commission of God on every believer. They haven't led anybody to the Lord in a long time. Some people a year, two years, three years. There's a burden on the heart of God that not one perish. If you know God, you know that he died for those sinners as well as for us. He died for me while I was still a sinner, and he wants not one of them to perish, and I need to do the work of an evangelist. I need to testify about my faith, even when it's unpopular. Yet I see so many people week in and week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, they don't share their faith or the testimony of Jesus Christ. The price that he paid, the life that he lived, the blood that he shed, he gave it all. If you're a five-fold leader, and leader in the church, an elder or a deacon, and you're called to the vision to build the church, you need to be building a church. You need to be bringing guests. You need to be talking about what God's called you to in the way of vision to build together, to connect people together so that they can be discipled and mentored. We're called the disciple nations. But we're called the disciple men and women first and foremost. This is a very, very important moment in time. It's a time to be serious about your faith. Serious about what Jesus Christ did for you. Serious about your relationship and your intimacy with him. This is a strategic and prophetic moment that God ordained from the beginning of time. He knew you before the womb. And he knows what we're doing. He knows the sins of commission, but also the sins of omission. I missed opportunities in my life. There is no condemnation in Christ. But when I see a man or woman that says, I wouldn't do anything different, I think to myself, are, are you really thinking about what happened? I look back at the missed opportunities. Not because he condemns me, but because i want to use that as a springboard to the future so that I can correct my behavior and look to the future, to the great harvest. I don't want one seed to fall to the ground. I want everything that he gave me, everything that he died for, to come to fruition. If you ain't there, I ain't sure you're in. Or maybe you're in, but you ain't thinking about it. Because sometimes it's really easy to go thinking about the things of this world the things that are going on all around us. There's no shortage of voices. It comes from everywhere. The media, the government, the marketplace, friends, families, there's no shortage of voices. They all have significance. Which one are you listening to? We need to hear the small, still voice that says, will you go? Who shall I send? And we need to respond appropriately and daily and take our flesh to the cross. Here's the mandate. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. That's what he called us to. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's why he anoints us, is to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. That's why the Lord anointed us to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. He anointed us to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, and those that mourn in our families and relationships and circles to comfort all who mourn. He anointed us to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You are righteous through Christ. He planted you as a tree of righteousness, that he, the Lord, would be glorified in your life, in your walk, in your work in everything you do. We were saved by faith through grace for good works. That is the word of God. Not half of it. That's the word of God. That we would glorify him. Oh, that he would be glorified. And they shall we build Meaning us, that we, the anointing that comes on us, the endowment from heaven, that He gives each one of us to fulfill our destiny. That anointing He gave us to repair. The ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. See, this anointing attracts blessing, assignment, responsibility, you betcha. If he anoints you, he anoints you with a purpose, with a plan, with a destiny. And it's going to bring with favor. It's going to bring favor. The anointing brings favor. And the favor to what? To rebuild. The favor to what? So that even our enemies and foreigners shall, shall, shall come. We shall be named the priest of the Lord. The anointing. Breaks the yoke. And by the anointing, you're a priest of the Lord. Are you a priest of the Lord? If he made us kings and priests, are you a priest? If you're a priest, start to talk like a priest, start to live like a priest. Are you a priest? Let me see the fruit of your priesthood. The fruit of your life. Jesus said to him, Know a tree, by the fruit it bears. Or you a righteous tree, then you're going to bear righteous fruit. Not in your own labors, but in the precious blood and the anointing of Jesus Christ. He'll give it to us to do things we can't do ourselves. He'll give us gifts and talents and ability and tools that he wants and expects us to use. The same way you would do your sons and daughters. They shall call you the servants of our God. You are servant of God. You're a friend of God. You're servant of the Lord. The Lord Almighty, the Lord on high, the Lord of the harvest, do to God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. He was talking about the unbelievers. It doesn't mean because he's talking about it. We were going to eat from that. That's the favor of God coming on us. And I believe that there's a transference of wealth that's coming. That the wealth of the wicked is coming into the kingdom. But don't think it's just going to fly down from the skies. He wants you to get up and do something. Hello? I don't like the things that he says about those that are lazy and slothful in Proverbs. Was it God? You ever hear what he says about the sluggard? I don't know about you. I don't want to look him face to face tomorrow as a sluggard, as being slothful, as not using what he gave me. Because we're all going to have a moment of time we come face to face with Jesus Christ, and He judges our works. You say whatever you want, you can shoot me, you can throw stuff at me, but up there, they cheer him when that kind of stuff comes. Instead of putting the blame on God or why we don't, why we don't have, why we don't do, we blame God instead of taking responsibility for our own actions and our own choices. Life is made up of a journey of choices and we can choose every day. I choose to serve the Lord to the day I hear the trumpet sound. But every day we get to make a choice of who we serve. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. How many of you believe in for a double anointing? You're anointed for a double honor. Glory to God. I like this thing. And instead of confusion, you, they, plural, <laughs> shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess double and everlasting joy shall be theirs. shana up bam bon dee if that don't make you want to, damn it. If that don't make you want to sing. If that don't want to make you get up and go yeah, I don't know what else you can do. I don't know what I can do for you. You'll be part of the cop pick, and walking dead if you can't hear that. Glory to God. Rejoice in him. His name is faithful and true. He's not a respecter of persons. That's for me and you. The promise of God, the anointing of God that he put on us. Hallelujah. We must, in this generation, we must be strong. We must be bold and courageous. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. We must touch our roots and honor them as we reach for our destiny. We must say yes to the Lord and answer the call of God. In the moment we're in, and in our generation, we must step up, step in, and step under the end-time mantle that he has for us. The mantles that are left in the earth, the men and the women, they go up into the heavenlies, and they are part of those that are that that are cheering us on. But the mantles remain in the earth. We must step up, step in, step under that mantle. Willingly and obediently. Now I'm going to tell you something. I am not able to carry that mantle in and of myself. And I want you to know that he customizes the mantle that's on your life. Can you follow me just a minute? Maybe he calls you. Can you still see me down here? Hear me all right? You hear me all right? I don't know if the music's on or what, man. Glory (laughs) to God. Yeah. Give me some. I I just did this the other day. I want to do it again. Can you get me some... uh, tissues. See, I can't carry this anointing in my own, this mantle in my own strength. So God has to anoint me to walk under this mantle. He gives me everything in the anointing. It's the endowment from heaven To let me do what I can't do in the natural. He gives me the spiritual endowment to do that so that He carries the burden. But I still have to be the hands on and do. I got to get in underneath it and go forward, but He gives me the anointing to carry the mantle. If I try to carry the mantle under my own strength, it's a huge burden. But when you're anointed of God with a purpose and a plan, and you have obediently and willfully stepped into the mantle that he puts on you, he endures you with an anointing to let you carry that. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay? Damn. when I... Step into that mantle, and I step into that mandate. That's what a mantle is. It's a mandate. There are multiple ones that are on my life that make up our customized mantle. Some are for a season, but they're all for a reason. Maybe you're called in this season for hospitality and prayer. It doesn't mean now, if he happens to call you, like when I was in business and he called me into ministry, I didn't lose my anointing for business, on my mantle to do business. That was part of what he put on me. He ain't taking that back. So I take take that anointing with me into this new place. So now I got a mantle for business. I got a mantle. You got a mantle maybe for hospitality. You got a mantle for prayer. Now he calls you to be a pastor. I'm telling you what—you can't pastor unless you got the mantle and the anointing to pastor. Hello? You know what I mean? You got to have the. So he's got to put the mantle on you. He doesn't take the other one off. Now you go traveling. You go out and turn to minister as a prophet. He puts another mantle. Hey, so what's he do? Here we go. He puts this mantle on me. Glory to God. He puts the mantle of the prophet. And then the, mat- the mantle of the apostle. The mantle uh, anointing to do business. And the mantle of Joseph that's, in, that's been on my life from the very beginning. And then he puts on the next mantle. And then uh, the, 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 I need the mantle. Hey, I pastor a church. We still pastor in the church. And I pastor pastors. I need to have a, an apostolic mantle on my life. Glory to God, or I couldn't handle the leaders, the horses, the sheep, maybe. The horses, absolutely not. And some of y'all's in the house, and you know what I mean. The leaders and the horses are a little bit harder to handle. You better have strong hands, and you better be steadfast in the Lord. Because you're going to need that anointing to lead leaders. And then, he's got to anoint you to be a parent, to be a father, to be a son, to be a mother, to be a daughter. If he calls me and gives me a child, then he puts a mantle on me to be that child's father. Sometimes I want to be his friend. You know what? I want to be friendly with him. I want to play golf with him. I want to fish with him. I want to do all kind of stuff with him. But I said to him one time in a moment of conflict, I said, you need friends, and I want to always be friendly with you. But you need friends. I'm your father. I am always going to be your father. I have a responsibility and an obligation. He doesn't understand mantles, but I have a mantle to be his father and I'm anointed to do that. If he bypasses me and goes somewhere else, he went beyond the anointing and didn't get the benefit of the mantle that God gave me to be his parent. Are we getting anywhere here? And he keeps putting on and putting on and putting on until he makes this unique and special person you are. You have all of these And now you got all of these that are laying on the ground. Which one of them are called for now? You're going to have to reach out. You're going to have to pick them up. You're going to have to step in underneath them. You're going to have to receive that mantle and accept it. And then you're going to have to seek God for the anointing that breaks the yoke and the anointing that will allow you to carry that mantle. Can I get an amen? Amen. So I hope you got a little visual with it. But they're all over the earth. They're down here. They're waiting for you. Are you anointed to be a great soul winner? The mantle in the earth for an end-time soul winner is here, pick it up. A prayer warrior, an intercessor, pick it up. It's an end-time mantle, pick it up. Step in underneath it. Ask God for the anointing to carry it. Because it's not by power nor by might. But by thy spirit, saith the Lord. But he needs a willing participant in the process. He's not going to come against my will and force me. He leads me. He don't force me. He leads me if I choose to follow The choice is mine. The willingness to pursue him and to follow him in obedience is mine. The same way that a teacher is not anointed to learn, the teacher is anointed to teach. The responsibility of a teacher is to teach. The burden of learning is on the student. You got to be called. You got to say yes. You got to step under the mantle. You got to seek a fresh anointing. To do what? To carry the mantle of this moment. The mantle he gave me for business, the anointing that he gave me for business, is able to carry the business mantle. Okay? I had Joseph Mantle, I still got it on. I get blessed everywhere you look. I don't care where you dump me or where you put me, you throw me out of the tree, I'm gonna land on my feet. Some people call me Forest Gump. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? This is crazy. Just crazy. Wherever I am, something wonderful happens. Okay? That's the way, you know, that's what the words just said that I read to you. That's the way it's supposed to work. I, I gotta say, okay. He said, before I build a house, I better count the cost. Yeah, I want to be a preacher. I want to be a prophet. I want to be a teacher. I want to be an evangelist. Let me pick it up. You pick that up. He said, count the cost before you build a house, before you put that on your head, before you put that mantle over your back. You better count the cost, baby, because there's a price to pay for that. And you better ask God for the anointing, because you and me can't carry it ourselves. We need God. We need God. We need the faithfulness of God, the endowment of God to come from heaven to empower me to do what I can't do in the natural. Amen? They're out there. They're all over the place. What is it that he's calling you for? What's he calling you to in this season? What's not just what now? Not just awaken, but awaken to the moment. Come awake to the moment of what are you called to do now? And just let him put that on. Step underneath it, willingly and obediently. Ask him for the anointing to carry that. And you'll be able to walk this thing out, baby. You and him together can do all things. Me by myself, I know. I stunk the place up. And still can stink the place up if I try to do it myself. I need God. God don't need me. God uses man. He chooses to use man. When man works, God works, is what Bunky said. i, I got to make the choice. He leads me. He doesn't force me. I want to walk it out. I'm going to go to the very final moment. I want to hear the trumpet sound. I don't want to be entangled because he called me to be a soldier in the end-time army. I don't want to be entangled in civilian affairs. Hello? Because he called me to a purpose. I have to honor that purpose. Whatever that purpose is on your life, be careful. You don't get out of your lane. You don't start going and doing things that you're not anointed and called to do in the season. Know when to leave and when to cleave. No, the stops and the goes. I said to him during worship the other night, God, all I want to do is preach the gospel of the kingdom. All I want to do is to make disciples. Sons and daughters to you. But I want to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Not a political gospel. There's a lot of people walking around that fell in the other ditch, and they're preaching a political gospel. And I'm here to tell you, it's the gospel of the kingdom that changes men and women's life. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. Don't preach a poverty gospel. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to prosper you. But at the same time, do not preach a prosperity gospel. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. And he'll demonstrate it with signs and wonders and miracles and confirm his word as you preach the gospel of the kingdom. I'm a preacher. I want to preach the gospel of the kingdom. There's only one gospel. It's not all these other kind of crazy gospels that everybody's jumping on. The next fad, the next thing. I want to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And God will honor his word. Not a social gospel. Or before you know it, you could be like the Salvation Army but not have any salvations. I don't want to just do a good work. I want to do a God work. I want to preach the gospel of the kingdom that empowers men and women to overcome, that gives men and women an opportunity to pursue their destiny, to apprehend what they were apprehended for. That's the power of the gospel. It's the power to save, the power to hear, the power to deliver is in the gospel of the kingdom. Let us preach the gospel of the kingdom and stay focused on what Jesus Christ called you to do. I don't want to preach a hyper-grace gospel, but I can't preach the gospel of the kingdom without the grace of God. But not hyper-grace for every mile of road, two miles of ditch. We're trying to bring change in our own strength. Rather than preaching the gospel and let the gospel do what only the gospel can do for a man, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to preach a seeker friendly gospel. That's not the gospel that the first apostles died for. The gospel of the kingdom, they gave their life for. It wasn't seeker-friendly. It was spirit-friendly, spirit-led, spirit-driven. Because it was the gospel of the kingdom. And when he came, he came, repent ye. For the kingdom of God is at hand. And I say to you the same thing he said. The same thing the Baptist said. The same thing that every true prophet says. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Turn again and follow God with all your might, all your heart, all your strength. Everything you have, everything you hope to be, put it into the gospel of the kingdom. Sow yourself into it. And see what God can do with his plan of multiplication. He's not a man, and he won't be knocked won't be mocked. As a man or woman serves, so shall they reap. Our God's not a fool. Don't make him out to be one. Not a laugh and matter. It's a matter of life and death for me and you. The cross may be silliness. They're telling you right away from the cross. I was going to take a bat and hit him over the head. I can't live without the cross of Jesus Christ. It's foolishness to the Greeks, a stumbling block to the Jew. But to me and you, it's our only hope for salvation. It's the only place I can go. Why would you have me run beyond that? I want to run with that. He didn't say leave your cross behind. He said pick up your cross and follow me. Did you hear the truth? Stop listening to the lie. There's lying going on. There's deception going on. Don't fall for the lie. Stand for the truth. Pick up your cross and follow him. Don't leave the cross behind. You Go somewhere else. Pick up your cross. Keep it with you always. It's the place where we are all equal. It's the only place. And under the power of his blood, that I can find righteousness, forgiveness, and mercy, hope, and healing. It's all in there while you listen listening to the latest fad, to the latest nonsense, to one with the most followers, a big crowd. Don't you know what that's like? That's the wisdom of this world. Hmm? When you're looking for wisdom, make sure you're looking for godly wisdom. Make sure you know what you're looking for. Because if you go to the world looking for wisdom, you're going to find worldly wisdom. Make sure you know what you're going looking for. If you're hungry for revival, or you're hungry for a move of God's Spirit, make sure you remember it's first name. It's holy. If it ain't holy, don't jump in. Do not jump in if it's not holy. Because there's all kind of gods being raised up everywhere with some people. All kind of gospels being preached. He said in this end days, even the elect, if they can be deceived, will be deceived. He doesn't say we're going to be deceived, if we can be. So I have to have great discernment to know the spirit behind the person. I have to know the Word so I can know that if the Spirit and the Word, they're not going to contradict one another. They're going to confirm one another. i got to know how to test every spirit for myself. I can't depend on just the pastor to feed me. I have to go in the Word and feed myself. I can't depend on my mama's Relationship with God. Salvation comes in my relationship with God. Intimacy comes in my relationship with God. Everything is in the first person, you and Him. Cut it out now. Now, you know, this ain't what you hear on Sunday mornings to build a church, just so you know. It ain't what's it about. You say, well, what's this gospel of the kingdom? Well, I've given you a whole list of the principles how many times of the gospel of the kingdom. You've got to do the whole principle list if you want. But let's just just simplify things. How many of you believe that first things are first? Okay. It says in Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Very simple. So what's the first principle of the kingdom? Is to seek you first and foremost. Our God, His righteousness and his kingdom. Seek Him with everything you have, everything you hope to be, everything you desire, just seek Him. He is truth. The truth and your destiny ain't gonna be found in a message, they're gonna be found in a man. His name is Christ Jesus. You need a personal encounter and relationship with Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Messiah. That's the way to get home. Quit this fame and fortune celebrity nonsense Jumping on every single thing. Get down to business. Let's get down to business. He's about doing business. I want to be about the Father's business. When he was about the Father's business, he was in the temple. Hmm? I don't want to forsake the assembly of the brethren. I want to be in a place he called me to. In John 17, he prayed for us. He prayed for me and you. He prayed for them, but he prayed for us. He prayed some for the world, but he really prayed for us. So I want you to, how many of you believe that before he comes back, his prayer is going to be answered? and he's gonna fulfill every prophecy in due moment and due season. So let me just, I like the stuff that's in red that Jesus said, amen? I mean, I read my share books from favorite authors and this and that, but I wanna read what he said. He's the only way home. Much as I love John Irving, John Irving ain't the name I gotta call on. Or John Irving, the great author who had all kind of money and fortune and fame. There's only one name. There's only one place I can go. That's why I don't have to kiss up the man. Hello? Because man can't give me what I'm looking for. Only God has. When things got tough and things got hard, when his message was so hard, They said, how can we handle this? He said, do you want to leave? They said, no. Where are we going to go? Ain't nobody else got eternal life. There ain't no other place to go, baby. This is the only place, the only God, the only name. It's the truth that sets us free. In John 17, certainly he prayed that we would be one, even as he was one with the Father. He also prayed in John 17, 9 through 19, And I'm going to close with this. He said, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. This was his prayer to the Father. He's praying this on our behalf. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. See, He didn't call us out of the world. He just don't want the world in us. We're in the world until we hear that trumpet sound. So we have to be on guard, We have to be awake, we have to be sober. We have to be right before God to function and flow in this world. He prayed for us, and he said, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you had given to me, that they may be one as we are. He prayed that we would be in unity, that we would be one. There's a power of one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the Son of Perpetition. That the scripture might be fulfilled, but now I come to you. And these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them. Just as I am not of the world. Because they are not of the world. We are of him. We're in the world, but not of the world. We're in the world, but the world is not supposed to be in us. We're not supposed to be entangled by all of these things going on around that's causing fear and deception and trauma. It's causing us to be distracted into preaching other Gospels. It's only the Gospel of the Kingdom and the Truth that sets us free. given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Jesus is interceding here and right now at the right hand of the Father, that we would be protected from the evil one in the midst of the world that we live in. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. That's his cry for me and you. We don't like to use the word sanctified. He wants us to be sanctified by his truth. To sanctify us by his truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world he sent us into the world he sent you to the cable companies he sent you to the highways and to the byways he sent you to be a hairdresser and a school teacher in the world but not letting the world get in you that you would be sanctified by God through his truth and his word and for their sake for their sake i sanctify myself jesus did that work for our sake he sanctified himself he separated himself he took the work of the cross upon himself even though he was without sin he finished the race he knew what was coming but he finished the course he suffered the persecution. When they came against him, he remained silent in the midst of persecution. When the shears were there, he was like a lamb and didn't defend himself, but allowed God to defend him. Not for his sake, but for our sake. He died for you, Carol, for me, for you, Lisa. He knows us. He died for us, personally and individually. Yes, for the whole world, but he died for you. He sanctified himself and separated himself from the things of this world and even from sin. For our sake. What does he ask of man? That we live justly, that we love mercy. Mercy. And that we walk with humility before our God. That we come to him with a humble heart. Confess and repent our sin. Turn again and follow him. And for their sakes I sanctify myself. That they also may be sanctified by the truth. Right now. Well, you just heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom. That's what you heard tonight. That's the gospel that I'm called to preach. He lived for it. He was born for it. He died for it. The gospel of the kingdom. Not the social gospel. Not the political gospel. Not the seeker-friendly gospel. Not the happy go lucky gospel. They died. They lived for the gospel of the kingdom. When Paul was on his journey, and Philip the evangelist and his four prophetess daughters received him. And Agabus the prophet came and said, the man that where's this girdle? The man that wears this belt and Chuck Paul's girdle. He said, this man will suffer. Told them what was going to happen. And all the people started to cry. I'm here to tell you, don't cry for me. Don't cry when I live. Don't cry when I die. Paul said, don't cry for me. This is what I was born for. I was born to preach the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And I want to live for that. I don't know what you're called to. You've got to find that for yourself in the heart of God. But the gospel that's worth dying for is the gospel of the kingdom. It's also the gospel worth living for. It comes with all these awesome benefits. But it also comes with personal accountability and choices that we need to make as men and women who choose to follow him, who choose to walk in his footsteps. That's what a disciple does. Do you want to walk in his footsteps? Do you want to clean the slate now? Whatever you've done, there's no condemnation in Christ. No matter, I don't care what you have done to this moment. If you're here, there is no sin that he will not forgive other than the sin that you refuse to confess and repent before him. He is the remedy for sin. And the remedy is, confess my sin. And he's faithful and true to forgive me of my sin and then to cleanse me of that unrighteous root that continues to try to bear fruit of this world and myself. That's the promise to us right now. If I'm saved, he's here. He's in his house right now. He loves you. He died for you. He gave himself for you. Not just for eternity, but for here and now. If you need forgiveness for anything at all from God, if there's anything you've done or anything you've missed, I want you to put it all under the blood of Jesus Christ right now. I want you to just lift it up and give it to him as sacrifice. Lift your hands to him. If you've got something that you just want to give him, that you just want to put behind you, that you're saying, God, just make the slate clean in me. I don't care what it was, I don't care what it is. There is nothing too big for my God to forgive. His word is faithful and true. His word will cleanse us and make us new. Here we are, Father. You see our hands. You know our heart. Just tell him whatever it is. And if there's anybody you haven't forgiven, forgive them right now. Because forgiveness is a stumbling block to your blessing. Forgive them. If you can't forgive them for their sake, forgive them for Christ's sake. If you can't forgive them for your own sake, leave that judgment and accusation, that unforgiveness on the altar and make it right, right now. So if there's a name that's in your heart right now, just say it to Him. I am Father. Father. I thank you for your precious blood. For the blood you shed for us and for the whole world. Father, we repent. I repent of anything I've ever done to hurt you. Anything I've ever done to hurt anyone else. Anything I've ever done to hurt myself. I'm sorry, I repent. I confess my sins before you open this I turn to you anew and afresh, knowing that you want to wash away my sin, my shame, my pain. Every one of us just feel the acceptance and the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Let it wash across you like a mighty wave of blessing. Let it just wash you and cleanse you. Give us, O God, a new heart and a new start. Right now, if you want to follow him, if you want to say yes, just wave your hands to him now. Right now. Give him a wave offering. Right now, here we are, Lord. We commit ourselves and recommit ourselves to you. If you want him as your Lord and Savior and want to announce that again, just put your hand on your heart right now. If it's the first time or the hundredth time, And make sure you see somebody in leadership here and let them pray with you and connect with you. Here we are, Lord. You see our hands and you know our hearts. Father, I want to recommit myself to your purpose, to your righteousness, to my relationship with you, to your kingdom, and to your gospel of the kingdom i put you back on the throne of my life as the Lord tonight. Yes, Lord, send me. I'll go. Wherever, whenever, whatever, send me. I'll go, Lord. When it's convenient and when it's not. I will do everything I need to do to go. Father, I know I can't go places without a passport that you've called me to. Right now, if you know you're called to the nations, you need to get a passport. How are you going to get into the nations? Show your faith by doing what's necessary so he can send you. Whatever is necessary. So that you can go to the place he called you to. I repent for my stubbornness. For my stiff-necked attitude. Here I am, Lord. Woe unto me. But God, by your mercy and grace, send me. I'll go, Lord. Here I am. I'll go. Anybody don't want to go? Send me, Lord, because I'll go. I'll go, Lord. Send me. Here I am. I'm yours and you're mine. Right now, just receive his love, his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace. He loves you. He made you. He didn't make a mistake. You are incredibly made in his image, in his likeness. No matter what your color, no matter what your background, no matter what your gender, Nothing matters but the fact that he is your God, and you are his son and daughter. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless your home. God bless your work, the vision that he put on your heart. May God bless you physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially. May all the covenant blessings of the gospel of the kingdom just roll over you like a mighty screaming eagle wave. Like a tube, let it uncover you. Right now, let it just put you right in. He loves you. Just say, I know you love me. Just say, I know you love me. I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm yours. I know you're mine. I am, Lord. There you go. Just let him bless you. Let him soak right down to the bones. Let him soak away all that stuff. And Father, I ask you now to release a fresh anointing over their lives a fresh end time anointing over every person in here, over every person online. I hope if you're out there online that you said these prayers, that you made those statements, that you declared with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead. That's the only way to salvation. There's no other way. I hope you've recommitted yourself. And if you have, get connected. Stay connected. If you've been wandering away from church and from the body of Christ, come on back. Come on home. If you're a prodigal, come on back now. He loves you with a relentless love. He's chasing you. He wants you. He loves you. Come as you are, and he'll do all the rest. God bless you. You have a wonderful thanksgiving. You know what? Me and you, we got a whole lot to be thankful for. This is a great nation. Does it have its problems? It's a great nation. One of the greatest nations in the whole world. Don't be ashamed to raise your flag and to fly it and to wave it. People all over the world are wanting to come to the nation of Canada. I believe it's one of the top three or four nations in the whole world. I've been honored and blessed to be a citizen of Canada, to be a citizen of the United States. To have a home and a ministry at one point in Israel. Three great nations. Governments change, politicians move on. But Christ is Christ. Fly your flag. Pray for your nation and your leaders. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. In word and in deed in the simplicity of the gospel. And you're going to see demonstrations of his power. It's not by enticing words. It's not by big titles. But by the power of the Spirit. You're going to see family and friends here at Thanksgiving. Share your testimony. Share your heart. Share your relationship. Share your Jesus. If they reject it, they didn't reject you. It has not to do with you, but share it. Do your part. Share Jesus. Share the love of Jesus Christ. Share the gospel and what it's done to you and your family. Testify. Witness. He's looking for a witness. Be a witness. I love you so much. I love you enough to tell you the truth. It's only the truth that's going to make us free. No more lollipops. No more cream and cherries on the top. It's time to get down to business, baby. I love you. I thank God for the journey and that God brought you into my path tonight. If you're prophetic and you ever get a microphone, say what God says to you no matter what the consequence, no matter what they think no matter what they feel, don't preach to the crowd. But whatever God puts on your heart, that's the gospel of the kingdom. Because that's the ability to change lives is in the anointing and in the kingdom. I love you. Embrace somebody on your way out. You know what? You don't need a word. you got so many words. Just walk into them. There's mantles all over the place. You want to serve God? Just walk under one. That fits your heart. That fits your skill set. That fits your your work belt. Come on. Get in the game. Just get in the game. Watch what he'll do. Come on, get in the game. He loves you. You and him together can do everything and anything. Everything is possible with you and Jesus Christ. God bless you and happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you come back next week for another Siegel Sermon. God bless you.